Well, thank you for listening to this podcast on the go, where we talk some sports, community activities, lifestyle trends, and more. I'm David Endress. You may know me as one of the hosts of Monterey Radio's Morning Blend. Well, when it comes to media, my guest today has just about done everything from his college days at Oregon State's KBVR studios to television news in Portland to a cameraman for the Portland Trailblazer broadcast and other sporting events, then to producing his own television show, Garden Time, and much more. It's great to talk with a longtime friend of mine, Jeff Gustin. How are you? Good, good. You're, you're just the intro. I was like, in my mind, I'm going back, <laughs> wow, that was days when I had hair. <laughs> That's right. I was thinking, and I was thinking to myself, hmm, did I miss anything there? Which I, I probably did, because your, your career is vast and wide, but I'm just thinking here, to myself, you know, how did these two kids growing up in Kaiser be here today talking about our media careers? And it's amazing, too, because um, we just had an event a couple of weeks ago, Garden Palooza, and you and your wife came by. Yeah. And um, pretty soon there was Liz Schreiner. Um, Schreiner Gardens. Yeah, Liz Schmidt from Schreiner Gardens. Yeah. And my brother-in-law, Jim, who went to McNary. And, yeah. And it was like old home week. We blocked the, the <laughs> aisle there for a while as we were all catching up. And it's amazing how paths cross. Yeah. And we cross paths at Oregon State. Mm -hmm. um, we cross paths at Channel 12. We cross paths when we both left 12 and yeah. did our other professional things. So it's been... Uh, it has been a long and winding road. It has been an, an amazing one, too. And, you know, you're talking about some of the different people that we saw at Garden Palooza. And we'll get into the whole gardening thing, too, which is is amazing. But speaking of Kaiser in itself, when we were growing up there, now I haven't been there that much recently, but back then it was pretty much a rural area. Yeah, yeah, we were a bedroom community yeah. to Salem. So, um, and McNary was the newest of the high schools. I think yeah. they have probably a dozen more since then, uh, since we graduated. Right. Um, but yeah, it was. Um, we could find country roads to wander, you know, after school. Oh, or whatever. absolutely. So, yeah. And now it's all housing developments and yeah, grown up quite quite large. Back then, I mean, I could literally drive about a half a mile and you're in the middle of hot fields. Yeah. I mean, that's things, there's still the hot fields there, yeah. but back then it was just so much closer to the housing developments. I think we were in like one of the first housing, quote, housing developments in the area. And uh, yeah, that's where we were though, McNary and uh, on to Oregon State. Speaking of which, going back in reminiscing about KBVR, which is where I kind of got my start in media and you were there too and in fact i think back because i was the news director for the campus radio station and i think you came up and you were like one of the reporters yeah yeah is I that did, right uh, yeah. i did morning news yeah and uh back then it was rip and read which is essentially you got the wire copy yeah and you would rip off the pieces of paper of each story and then you would have to do like two minutes so yeah. you had to tape them out and, and <laughs> do that. Right. There was very little writing that went into that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I also was a production manager. So um, students would come to me with their schedules yeah. because everybody needed studio time. Mm -hmm. And I would book studio time right. for projects um, through the station. And we got paid, you know, I think it was 20 bucks a term. Or, yeah, it was, was great. It I was mean, nice. Yeah, hey, yeah. A little money. So. Yeah. And, and uh, so, but it was kind of neat too. I, I mean, from your perspective, you're now in radio management. Right. And yeah. it's like, it is kind of an ego boost. Yeah. But you got to remember that you're being taught by instructors who yeah. have been in the business for 
decades and yeah. at that point. You're still a student. Yes. But yes. enjoying yeah. it and a lot of fun. And that's kind of where I cut my teeth at KBVR. Were you on the television side of things there as well? Not so much. Yeah. Not so much. And um, it was funny because I did do all the TV classes when I was there. Yeah. Um, and I was doing radio. Right now I have a... I'm, fighting a tiny bit of a cold so sure. i'm uh, but i had the pipes in the morning yeah yeah and so that was the big thing and it was funny as i would do my newscast and then i would go sit in the student uh, you know dining area right and they would have some other radio station and there's a guy getting paid a lot of money <laughs> right. to, and he was ripping and reading exactly yeah. what i was doing and i was like going man i'm getting yeah, nothing yeah. Wait, wait a minute but i was getting ex- exposure which was great and yeah. um, a lot of those people a lot of those friends are still friends today yeah that's what's awesome too i know so many people in the media who we still know today that you know we started with way back in the day so how did you eventually then come to channel 12 kptv in portland so um, at that point in time, it was really hard. Portland's a, a, a larger market. It's not a huge market. Right. I think we're 26 or something like that mm-hmm. in the country. And so you had to go to a smaller market. And I ended up going to Boise. And I worked there for four years. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And I worked uh, for, and at that time, King TV out of Seattle mm-hmm. had a network of four stations. And, and KTVB in Boise was one of those. And I was there and worked in news. And... Um, Met my wife on a trip back to Portland, yep. got married, and we moved back. And I pretty much was just looking for something yeah. and uh, ended up part-time at Channel 12. And then 18 and a half years later, yeah, exactly. yeah, was, yeah. I left. See, Channel 12 was great from the standpoint back then because it was an independent station still, which was very rare. They were going away. It's not an independent station anymore, but back in the day it was. And so for me, I was working in radio as a news director for a commercial station in Portland and KPTV still was allowing guys like me to get hired to do part-time television sports at the back then uh, Michael O'Brien was yes. the uh, yeah. uh, sports director and Phil Cassidy was the uh, second guy in sports there the reporter and the weekend anchor and so they needed a third person to fill in it's like you know i raised my hand because i see these guys in the field hey i'll do it they're like hey okay and it's just like there you go yeah and the best part about that was um and speaking as a photographer at that time and editor um we had people that came in with experience yeah you could write yeah and that was huge and um we were just talking before we started recording about um, how writing for media is different than just writing in general. Right. And you have to know words. You have to be able to, um, you know, pick and choose your words carefully. Right. You have a short amount of time to get the most amount of information out. Exactly. And that was the beauty of having a radio personality, somebody like you, come on board is um, we could go out. Um, you could sync up your watch to my camera. Yeah. Um, there's a time code that rolls. And... Y- you could be writing in the stands while I was shooting, and all you could do is see where I was shooting. You could generalize, yeah. kind of think of what I was shooting, and you could write to it. And that's the big thing about TV, I think, is um, back then anyway, is you wrote to the video. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't radio, per se, right? the theater of the mind. You actually had pictures, and you wrote very well to those pictures. So it was a fun time. Yeah, yeah. a great time. And, and the thing, too, about that was... 
time was of the essence since, you know, you had to get the, the story on that time, the 10 o'clock news. 10 o'clock news. So if yeah. we're out covering a game that starts at 7, you know, it's yeah. you're oh, yeah. right down to the wire. Blazer games in particular, because it's like, okay, this thing's going to get over and we're right at the news time. And yeah. So, and a lot of times um, stations, small stations, like 12 was at that time, we didn't have the live equipment right. that every station has now. And now guys are editing on their phones. Yeah. You know, they have equipment in their trucks, um, laptops. They can edit all their footage. We had to be back at the station to use the equipment. So by the third quarter, a lot of times in Blazer games, we would have to be gone. Right. And be back at the station. And that was, deadlines were a real, real issue. Yeah, the luxury was when it was an afternoon game. And you could actually stay for the whole game and get locker room interviews when you were done and incorporate those into the package. When, no, yeah. the luxury was the medium food. <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> like, that was the luxury. the luxury. Because, yes. you know, we were young then. That's and, right. And uh, bottomless pits. And yes. so um, my wife joked that when I was doing sports, I knew where every 7-Eleven was <laughs> That's right. in the city of Portland. So. Yeah, the media the media rooms were awesome for uh, Blazers in particular for getting there for the pregame meal. That was uh, always a real benefit. So speaking of which, then you started shooting for a cameraman for the Trailblazers. And how did that come to be? So um, and actually, this goes back to Mike Corwin, um, who was at uh, Oregon State. Sure. Yeah. Sports information guy back yeah. then. And um, so he actually called and said, we're looking for camera guys to do sidelines and do camera work for the football games, for the home yeah, football games. Beaver games. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, a bunch of Beaver grads, uh, Daryl Mitchell, one of them, who's yeah. still at Channel 12. Um, we all said yes. And we stood up and, and so we started doing home games. And because of my sports background at 12, I was also kind of doing some freelance stuff on weekends mm -hmm. um, just to you know, make a few extra dollars. Yeah. Two kids, you know. <laughs> so, sure. Yeah. By the way, a family man yes, yourself. Too. Yes. Just like, again, our parallels here. I have two daughters. You have yeah, two, daughters. two daughters. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so we, uh, I started doing, um, filling games for the Blazers because I knew people in the Blazer organization. Yeah. I was doing sidelines at Oregon State. I was doing, um, once you get your name on a list as a freelancer, you start getting calls. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was doing that. And um, I, when I started my own company after I left Channel 12, I kind of got away from doing, I was doing occasional games right. for the Blazers. And then a few years ago, they said, would you like to do audio? So my job now is to work the pregame, halftime, postgame show up on the concourse. Oh, nice. Okay. And um, so I get to see people all the time. Um, easier on your back. A little easier on the back. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It, camera, I have uh, arthritis in my shoulder. Yeah. Thank you to the camera. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's, the Blazers are a great organization. I know they get a, a lot of hard knocks and stuff. Sure. But they, um, over time, you are working with the same people. This mm -hmm. year has been very, very tough for us as a broadcast crew. We've lost a couple of engineers. Yeah, I know. Um, Don Benson, a camera guy. John Curry, a camera guy, all passed away this, this year. And Bill Shonley. Yeah. And um, you really feel it as a family when that happens. Yeah. And um, we have guys that are working there that are closing in on 70. Mm -hmm. And they do it because they love the game and they love the organization. Yeah. And again, working in the media, it's not that big of a city that we know, you know, so many people you've worked with over the years. And it is a big family in that regard. And it's, it's wonderful to have that. Thinking of going back to Oregon State, too, 
doing the sidelines at another place where we cross paths because exactly. I was doing sidelines for at the time prime sports remember prime oh, yeah. sports oh, northwest yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so uh we were doing that and you were shooting down on the field and I was down on the field so it's it's amazing how we've just over the course of time how we've just you know covered ourselves cross paths so to speak in in doing the different media things so Channel 12, you did that for almost a dozen years. 18 and, years. 18, yeah. Oh, yeah, excuse yeah. me, two dozen years. Yeah. And then you go on and you decide, you know what, I am going to start my own company. This is this is really cool. Backtracking to Channel 12, you were doing some shows, though, right? Like garden shows. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, I was working in news and um, I was doing uh, Good Day Oregon as well. Yeah. And then I was also working a production. So production, you do commercials and you do programs. Mm -hmm. And at that time, Marty Brantley was general manager, uh, Channel 12. Right. And we were involved in a lot of stuff. We were doing the uh, original air shows, the aquarium specials, Oregon Trail specials. And I got to go along and shoot on almost, almost everything that came out. And uh, so being at 12 at that time was, was great. But eventually I moved in to production full-time and away from Good Day Oregon. Right. And that's where the, the programs came up. And I was doing a lot of different programs for the station, working mm -hmm. on them either as a shooter or an editor or a writer. And Mike Darcy, who was doing a radio show in the garden. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Uh, he was doing Good Day Oregon segments. And so I was working with him. And he said, you know, do you think the station would be interested in a garden show? And we actually went in and talked to sales and the sales department says, yeah, we, we think we can sell this and make money, which is sure. the bottom line for TV and yeah, radio. Right. Um, and so we started doing the, the TV show. And after a few years, uh, Mike decided to move over to channel two. Um, I had all the, I was invested in channel 12, uh, time, energy, right. Uh, retirement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, so they wanted me to start another show and from there, we became Good Day Lifestyles, which mm -hmm. was home and garden, went from there. After um, the people in Des Moines, Iowa at Meredith Broadcasting decided that they wanted to go in a different direction, is the, oh, the yes. phrase that I've heard that before. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I left. I left the TV station. I took my severance. And the clients all called and said, You got to do something. There's no more garden shows. Right. Yeah. And I said, I don't work at a TV station anymore. <laughs> so I ended up starting to tape, um, within, I'd say three months, four months, I was now back as a client of channel 12 mm -hmm. buying the time, which is interesting because a lot of people think the TV shows or TV stations produce their own shows. They don't produce everything. Right. Um, every news thing comes out of, uh, your local TV show, mm -hmm. but a lot of times programs that are on the air at, are just syndicated or they're small companies like mine was. Yeah. Um, like infomercials. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, I had to put a disclaimer that on my, at the end of my program saying that, you know, garden time has these sponsors and they get mentions in the program. Right. So, but yeah, we tried to, in fact, uh, most people just assumed it was a channel 12 program, mm -hmm. though we were seen on stations in Eugene and right. Salem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you do this, but you also have a love for gardening. And yeah. and again, growing up in an area rich in agriculture, rich in nurseries, all of that. I mean, it ties together so well. Your wife, mm -hmm. the same thing. She has the degree yeah. in horticulture. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm just a broadcasting yeah. 
graduate from yeah. Oregon State. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it and it's beautiful because um, you know I went from news where you are sticking a camera in somebody's face and saying how how yeah. do you feel yeah to uh, actually going out and saying you know how do you grow this mm -hmm. and it's really non confrontational yeah though there are some things you know if you talk about chemical fertilizers versus oh, organic yeah. a lot of people sure yeah so you have to deal with those issues but for the most part people are very very uh, warm welcoming and understanding mm -hmm. so well and the popularity of gardening in this area is huge and we went to garden palooza which was just a couple weekends ago at uh, bauman farms down uh, near uh, jervis mm -hmm. in that area st paul Woodburn, Woodburn, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that general area right there. It was huge. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the amount of people that were at Garden Palooza just goes to show you the popularity of gardening and garden time. Yeah. So Garden Palooza started when I was at 12. And uh, the general manager there uh, at the time, she wanted to do something that was a garden-related event, mm -hmm. it'd be a way for sales to get more money from smaller clients yeah. that couldn't afford to advertise otherwise. And um, when I left the station, they were not interested in carrying on that. So I actually negotiated the rights to the name in my contract with the station. And uh, we just finished our 19th one. Of course, we had a couple of years off for uh, COVID, right. as everybody else did. But um, it surprises us how many people show up. Yeah. I mean, we used to... It's, you know, hey, let's throw up a tent and see yeah. if anybody shows up. And it has consistently been one of the best gardening events in the area. Oh. There's the the Home and Garden Show, obviously, is huge. But, you know, a lot of people mark their spring uh, getting outside by coming to Garden Palooza because we're an outdoor event. Yeah, it's fun. I mm -hmm. mean, I, we had a blast showing up there and seeing everything that was there. And I mean, when I mean big, too, I mean, like, parking attendance because... Yeah. The, the, there's a lot of cars yeah. and so yeah we it's weird because we started out just by having just kind of like posts on facebook and then we ended up actually having to get a website with the maps to the event so mm -hmm. you know it was like it was just easier to say go to gardenpalooza.com than right. to try it out write out an email every time sure and you know there's you know we would always have we ended up having a list of vendors links to their sites and these are small nurseries that don't get a lot of attention. In fact, yeah. uh, we lost a lot of those small nurseries during COVID because mm -hmm. those plant sales went away. Right. Because uh, people didn't want to go out and be in crowds. Sure. Um, so we kind of, uh, yes, we make a little bit of money off of it, but to be honest with you, it was more, they became friends yeah. over 19 years. And so doing an event was just a beautiful thing. For a everybody. labor of love. Yes. A yes, labor yeah. of love. And, you, and as you know, from being there, yeah. it's like old home week. I mean. Oh, Yeah you visit with just about everybody that walks in I yeah mean, people that have shopped garden palooza you know bring their grandkids now yeah. so it's wonderful well my wife said to me after it was over in you know we we left she goes you know what that was a lot of fun <laughs> i said i know yeah it was yeah, a lot of yeah. fun yeah. And, and bauman's is uh we've been in multiple places we started at the research station in wilsonville and we had so many people that they were walking through the test fields, you know, so <laughs> right. researchers weren't happy with that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, we moved to Hoffman Dairy and then to Fur Point Farms and all, every location we've had has been wonderful, but we've tend to outgrow them. And Bauman's is a perfect place to land. Big. They, it, I couldn't believe how much stuff there was there. And they are used to it. They're yeah. doing a harvest festival. Right. So they, 
they know what how to handle crowds, how to manage them, right. make sure that there's plenty of bathrooms yeah, and yeah. food and that kind of stuff. So Garden Time, the mm-hmm. TV show now, you have morphed into another format. Yes. So yeah. talk about that. So Garden Time started as just a little half hour show. Right. And I was buying the time on uh, Channel 12. Typically Saturday mornings. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock. We yep. usually follow the newscast. And um, for people that don't understand how that works, you actually go in and you can buy time on a TV station. Right. You know, for an infomercial, it's just they do that all the time. Right. And so we became an infomercial. The only difference was is we wanted to be on at the same time every week. Mm-hmm. And the station loved it because it kept their audience um, after the newscast. So that they they would watch other stuff on the program because right. people love the gardening show. Sure. Um, after a few years, we moved to uh, Channel Six. Uh, for a few years, we started another show, show called Fusion, mm-hmm. which was wonderful. In a recession, we ended up doing a home improvement show that uh, yeah. had great viewers but no advertisers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so after four years, that went away. But Garden Time stayed on for uh, seventeen years, yeah. and um, we moved back to uh, Fox Twelve Plus, which is kpdx channel 13 Mm -hmm. for uh you know probably 10 years and um it's it was a wonderful wonderful ride but we have a grandson and health issues yeah Um, i had a heart attack and so we were like dialing back and so um, we are now a podcast nice i've heard of those yes (laughs) yes um and uh, we're a video podcast um because Gardening is very visual. Sure. We decide to keep the cameras and we just roll cameras. And so that way, if we're showing plants, people can say, you know, oh, that's a beautiful plant. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also do the audio portion as well. Yeah. But um, that was all requests from viewers that did want the show to go away yeah. and advertisers who didn't want yeah. the show to go away. So, you know, the other thing that you did too, again, the man about town that you are, <laughs> you were doing some tours to yes. Europe yeah. through Garden Time, correct? We just finished one last September. We went to Amsterdam, down through Belgium and Bruges. Um, there's a once every 10 year gardening event called uh, the Floriad. Mm-hmm. And um, it just rolled around. And we decided, even though we didn't have a TV show, which really helps in letting people know when you have a yeah, tour. Yeah, yes, it does. We ended up doing our, our what we said was our last uh, tour to Amsterdam and to see this wonderful once a decade yeah. of that. So, and we had gone to Costa Rica and Hawaii and, um, we've been to Europe probably, uh, three or four times touring gardens around mm-hmm. Europe. And, um, now people are, we have probably about a dozen people are saying, what's the next trip? Yeah. So, so you, you get some r- regulars yeah. that love to go on these. Oh yeah. And they become family. Yeah. Um, we just a few weeks ago celebrated a birthday at Garden Palooza. Once again, we had probably a dozen of our travelers um, yeah. from the past come by and say hi and That's ask awesome. when our next tour is. Yeah. So um, who knows? Are you planning one or not yet or just in the works? We've been discussing. We'll put you in a box here. Well, and it's interesting because um, as with any program, a TV program, a travel program, any kind of thing you want to do, you want to do something that's popular yeah. that people want to go see. The Floriad was a natural and people want to go see something sure. that happens only occasionally. Or you want to go see the gardens of England. Mm-hmm. Um, we went and did that. Um, so now you're looking at places in Europe that, you know, or around the world that people want to go to that are affordable. Yeah. Um, and that can be, you know, have a significant amount of gardening involved. And there's not a lot of tour companies that do that. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. But uh, it looks like maybe Spain and Portugal. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. 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 So. All right. It widens the window when you go to a warmer yeah. country. Count me in. Okay. <laughs> I'll be happy to carry your yes, bags. Yes. Everybody says <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Do you need a helper? If you need, a, do you need an assistant. And my wife, Therese, goes, wait a minute. That's yeah, my job. Yeah. That's what I do. What are you talking yeah. about? Well, with Garden Time, you have the company Gustin Creative Group, mm-hmm. and I'm really proud to say that we've worked together on several projects. You're a parishioner at Our Lady of the Lake in Lake Oswego. And so when KBVM was putting together some videos for when we were fundraising for our stations in Eugene, you came on board and helped us put together some uh, videos that Mm -hmm. we did. We enjoyed working with you on that and obviously did a great job with the videos. But then you and I worked together on the Mount Angel Abbey Seminary dinner, which is a huge dinner. Huge dinner. Yeah. And uh, it's it's weird because when you do a video like that, um, not only are the people that you interviewed in the audience. Yeah but all the donors. Yeah. And um, I used to do stuff with the Muscular Dystrophy Association and they said, people want to hear the stories of, like for us, the seminarians. Right. When Charo sings, the phones don't ring. That yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so, yeah right. exactly. Um, and that's kind of the same thing here is you want to get that story out. And I think we did a, an effective job at doing it because we did it yeah. for a couple of years. We did it a couple of yeah. years and it, ga- it gave us the opportunity to talk just with some wonderful people, instructors at the seminary, obviously seminarians, uh, some priests, uh, the abbot. I mean, it gave us an open door to talk with just wonderful people and and then put together this video for the for the seminary dinner for like you said for two years and i really enjoyed doing that with you and again it was inspirational and you know it's kind of sad because when we did those you have to condense yeah um, because you have to make it into a video Mm -hmm. and so you could do a half hour interview with somebody and walk away with just almost something like tears in your eyes yeah and how do you condense that? Yeah. How do you get that message across? Yeah, because what did we we had to pare it down to like seven, eight yeah. minutes something? Because it's at a dinner, you can't take the whole exactly. dinner up. Yeah, exactly. and so yeah, you you again, it's kind of like going back to the news business. You got a lot of material, but you got to pare it down yeah. to. Uh, so it took some uh, creating, editing, and writing, but again, they I think they turned out really well. And again, a, an opportunity to highlight just some wonderful people for that event and for a wonderful. Place. Wonderful cause. Yeah, 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 wonderful cause for the seminary and the abbey. And some like of those that. young guys, you know, you, you go to mass now and you run into uh, them. They're I know. priests. And yeah. I was like, wow. <laughs> I can think of a couple just right off the top of my head when we interviewed them, because this goes back several years now. Mm-hmm. They were young seminarians and now they're ordained priests. And yeah. it's like, hey, I rem- remember when we, you know, exactly. talked to you. And uh, we, yeah, just thinking back upon that. So, Gustin Creative Group, are you pairing that back, or are you still working, or what's the what's this plan there? Yeah, it's it's wonderful, you know. And we're now looking at Medicare and everything else. So <laughs> you <laughs> yes, can tell yeah. it's retirement age. There you go. Um, but yeah, we're kind of pairing it back. It's interesting. Is um, June of last year? That was it. We were done. Right. And um, there is one thing that I learned about retirement, and that is a lot of times. You don't know you're ready to retire until you know you're ready to retire. Right. And I wasn't ready to retire. And the podcast is is good in that way. But um, there's a lot of commercial projects. 
Um, recently just got a, um, an email from a school district that I've worked with in the past. They mm -hmm. would like to do some videos for their foundation. And I sent them to somebody else. Yeah. And it was a weird feeling too. Sure. You uh, always hate to give up the work. Yes. For years you're trying to get work and exactly. then it's just like, well. And people ask me and they said, so what do you, what are your recommendations about retirement? I said, have a passion. Um, before you retire, you're not going to take up needlepoint on day one of retirement. Right. You have to be doing needlepoint and then just do more of it. Right. Um, and the other thing is I said, and you know, look for volunteer opportunities. Mm -hmm. I know of no parish that doesn't need volunteers. Yeah. And, um, you've done some stuff for our lady of the lake. Yeah. I've been, I was involved in the council on our lady of the lake. I was an usher for probably 20 years, something like that. Right. Um, uh, when father, uh, Chuck Wood was um, our parochial vicar. He established, uh, this was way before podcasting and all that, we would record the homilies mm -hmm. on a chip. And my job was every week, I'd have to go to the very last mass of the weekend <laughs> yes. and uh, get the chip. And then I would post it and send it to them. And then they would post it on, on Apple iTunes or, right. you know, so. Nice. But yeah, so there, there are little things like that. There are many, many parishes that are just hurting and, um, an hour or two a week or an hour or two a month, if you can. Right. Um, that's a wonderful way to spend some time in retirement. So, Well, I, I think about this because you talk about you need to have some a passion with something. And, Am I getting yeah, recruited? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Said, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Uh, no, but what I'm thinking is you, you fall into that wonderful category now that I think you are perfect at, and that's consultant. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes, the consultant. And you know, it's yeah. funny is that uh, somebody said that because doing a TV show, everybody thinks they can do a TV show. Right, I met yeah. with a guy once and he, he was going to do... Um, Dutch oven cooking around the country. And he gave me like 13 ideas. I said, well, there you are. That's two shows. And he goes, no, that's 13 yeah. weeks. And <laughs> I was like, like, no, it's no, not. It's not. And, uh, Content so is hard. It is. Yeah. It is. And even for podcasts, and, and yeah. I my tip of my hat to you, because it's one of those things where you don't just call up and say, hey, let's just talk on the radio. You have to do research yeah. just like anything else. And uh, that's what we're doing now. Um, I have the the benefit of having two hosts that have a background in gardening that help that. But yeah, consulting is um, people have a lot of questions. Yeah. And my consulting fee is um, uh, a cup of coffee or a beer or a yeah. lunch or something. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. yeah. So um, my wife thinks I should you know charge, but uh, yeah. to be honest with you, there is um, a real need for um, good quality media. Yeah. Um, we were talking earlier about. How media has changed. That's what I was going to be my next yeah. question. How has you? You've seen it. You've been it in it for years. Yeah, and every you know everybody talks about the liberal media and and you know conservative media and there's media. Yeah, and um, it's only liberal and conservative if you place that label on it. It's mm -hmm. what you choose to listen to. Right. Um, we worked at Channel Twelve, and there was a very conservative person there who has his own radio gig, and sure. um, people seem to forget that. If you're um, a host in any kind of program, you started somewhere. Yeah. And that meant that you had to pretty much try to be, you know, objective in everything you do. You you didn't put your, your own feelings, your own thoughts into the stories. Right. In fact, uh, that seems to be um, a lot of the young people coming up are learning that now mm -hmm. in the media. You watch newscasts and, and people are quick to label but a lot of those are professionals and they're working really hard not to right. Um, others, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> I had a professor, journalism professor at Oregon State, the very, it was like journalism 101. 
And the first thing he said to me or to the class when we came in, and he wrote it up on the on the board, he goes, there are three things that I always want you to remember when it comes to journalism and reporting. And these three things are accuracy, accuracy, accuracy. That was it. That was that was journalism 101. Yeah. Right there. And, you know, you, you were talking earlier about cutting um, and writing efficiently. Yeah. And that's uh, that's also a big thing in journalism. And I think um, a lot of uh, young students, uh, people coming in the industry now, um, we're seeing an aging out, unfortunately, mm-hmm. of, of people that um, have a lot of experience. There's a few people I worked with at Channel 12, and one just recently retired, and I ran into her, and yeah. and uh, you could tell the weight is off of her, because there is a weight in oh, yeah. trying to be accurate. You don't want to take sides. The whole yeah. idea is to present... Um, Here it is. Here's yes. the facts. And you make your own decision. Yeah. And uh, Well, and the other thing, too, in in just looking at media in general... And you're experiencing this yourself, how much media has gone from, I don't know how you would label it, but to more digital now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've seen those changes just in the cameras that you've used over the years. Yes. Oh, 70 pounds of gear when I started the business. Yeah. And uh, now you can do it on your phone. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when we do tours uh, at the Blazers um, or anywhere else and we'll bring in all these students and we'll point to the gear and say notice there's not an iphone among all these cameras Mm -hmm. and that's because this is a professional right and so you have professional gear that you have to learn to use if you're in the industry a lot of people are getting away from that i understand that sure Um, part of my job when i was at garden time was advising clients and how to do their own facebook and youtube videos um because you know using your phone is wonderful you can get your Mm -hmm. message out quickly that's the problem is that there's so many messages out there now. Right. There's so many ways to get to it. Very so, hard. Yes. It's very hard because there are so many messages out there and it's mm-hmm. just like what what makes you stand out or what makes people, are, what are they going to listen to? What do they, why do they want to listen to you? And it's, you know, it's a niche. Everybody mm-hmm. has a niche. And so, you know, you try, Mater Day Radio is a niche, obviously. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, but you want to be able to provide good content no matter what you do and that's always been the key to provide good content yeah and there's a difference too between uh, media and media that's going for clicks yeah yeah so so we all know that um you know certain things can be said the way you write a headline can get people to read an article um same way with uh social media if there is if it's outrageous Mm mm-hmm it's probably just there to get the click yeah. and they, that's how they're making their money. Right. Um, there was a person, an influencer, the times, uh, New York times just did a story on and she got out and she's actually working at a nine to five job because it is so hard mm-hmm. to get those clicks. It's hard to get that content. It's hard to produce stuff every day. Right. And people say, well, you know, I want to do a show. Dutch oven cooking. <laughs> yeah. And you don't realize until you see the amount of work that goes yeah. into it. So it, yeah, it, it is. You know, if you're doing a 30 minute program and you're going to do it well, you probably got at least two to three hours of prep yeah. just to do it or more. Exactly. And yeah. when we did the TV show, I would get calls from clients says, Hey, we have a sale on hellebores this weekend. <laughs> yeah. It's like going, that's wonderful. But Hey, how about if we did a story on how the to plant them, how to take care of them. Right. And we'll just send people to your website and then mm-hmm. you can promote your sale. There you go. Be, because we are mainly content. And mm-hmm. years ago, 
you talked about what was written on the board. Content is king. Yeah. So you have to have good content, and then people keep coming back. Right. So uh, what is the future hold in store for Garden Time? Going to continue to do the the podcast? How many are you doing? Uh, like we do one two, a, two a month. Two a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we just did one um, in Newburgh. They have a big camellia festival. Okay. Uh, we promoted that. Um, we were are going to be at the Lilac Gardens up in Woodland mm-hmm. here in a week or so. Um, Garden time was always about being topical and timely. Right. And so we're going to do that with the podcast. Nice. And um, so, yeah, we'll be out at the Iris Fields. Um, we have another gardening event called Subaru Garden Days in mm-hmm. Salem mm-hmm. in mid-May. We'll be doing a podcast from there. Beautiful. And it's mainly just trying to get that information out. Yeah. And luckily, we have that time now. As you know, with podcasts, you, I mean, we can go an hour talking about bulbs. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like going, and the hosts love it. Yeah. Because they're not constrained. No, no. Yeah. And you, you can sit there and ask the follow up question, you know, yeah. you know, what kind of soil, that kind of stuff. And people love that because it's almost like a how to. Yeah, that's yeah. great. So Gustin Creative Group, any, yeah. anything there? I mean, we're going to taper back. Yeah. Um, it's funny because when you um, have a small company, yeah, you can sell it, but then how do you place the value? Yeah. You know, because it's part of your heart. Sure. Or you can just let it go. Yeah. And um, people are saying, well, Garden Time went away. You can't let that happen. I said, Bonanza went away. <laughs> MASH yeah. went away. Yeah. yeah. So um, programs go away. Yeah. And yeah. that's that's nothing. But we did 600 plus episodes. Yeah. And, um, and that's you know, amazing. And a lot of them live online. Sure. And so people will go. It's funny as I um, stories we did in 2011, people mm-hmm. are watching on YouTube. Yeah. And they'll email me and say, is this still good? And yeah. it's like, yeah. 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 Well, yes, gardening information, I mean, you know, some of the the things are, I mean, obviously things change, but a lot of it stays the same too. Mm -hmm. So if people want to connect with Garden Time, they want to view what you're doing, your podcast, the video podcast, how do they do that? Gardentime.tv. Okay. Even though we're not on TV anymore. So somebody registered the Garden Time name many, many years ago. And Mm -hmm. and, um, so we just started using Gardentime.tv and uh, we have our archive there. So if you want to Click, go to gardentime.tv, click on archive. If you want to learn about tomatoes, type in tomatoes. Nice. And then all the stories will come up. We did a magazine for uh, 12 years as well, a monthly uh, digital magazine. Um, we have a newsletter now, which is a lot shorter, mm-hmm. a lot less work. Yeah. Retirement requires that. Um, and those issues live on as well. So yeah, there's just tons of information there. The podcast information is there as well. And Judy and Ryan um, were wonderful hosts. And they still are wonderful hosts, yeah. and we're, we're going to keep on doing them as, as long as we can. Oh, that, that's fantastic. Uh, what did we miss? Anything we didn't talk about? You know, just the spiritual thing. A lot of people, I think, forget that gardening is a spiritual thing. I yeah. mean, there's very, a lot of references from, you know, having a faith the size of a mustard seed. There you go. Uh, being in the vineyard, mm-hmm. you know, the scattering of seeds and, um, you know, those that get taken care of yeah. produce. And um, I think that says a lot about faith. And I think a lot of gardeners are spiritual, may not be religious, right? but they're very spiritual in, yeah. in their approach. And I think the, the gospel says that yeah. over and over again. Is there anything more peaceful than going out and being in your garden on a beautiful Saturday morning and just working and planting in the beautiful outdoors? No. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's funny is that even as a gardener and having a garden show, it's hard for me to get out there and that, but once I'm out in the garden, yeah, 
pretty soon my wife is coming out. She goes, it's dark. You need mm-hmm. to come in now because I just, <laughs> yeah. it's, and I will sometimes just uh, open up a soda and yeah. just sit in the grass. Exactly. She came out one yeah. time. Um, this was shortly after I had my heart attack. Are you okay? Yeah. I said, just loving life right now. Just, yeah, yeah. enjoying it. Sitting right next to your St. Francis uh, yes. statue in the yard, right? <laughs> There's yeah. another time. Yeah, yeah. there you exactly, go. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, he is Jeff Gustin, and again, a longtime friend, and we've we've crossed paths many times and worked together uh, for many years. Again, uh, just all the things that you've done, your Garden Time show, working for the Trailblazers, Channel 12, it's been, it's been a real joy to be with you all of these years, and uh, really appreciate your time with the podcast. Love our friendship, and uh, love you. All right. Thank you, man. You yeah. as well. Hey, thank you for listening to On The Go. This podcast is available on the Hail Mary Media app, brought to you by Mater Day Radio. I'm David Endress. I'll talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.